All right. Screw it. Let's just do it. All right. So casting our minds back 15 years, actually more than 15 years at this point. Do you remember what you, you, one of the first things you told me when I met you, when I asked you yes, what I think, your band name was? Oh, no. And no. You said, no, I don't remember. Well, first of all, for people who are listening and don't know, what, what was the name of your band 15 years ago? 15 years ago? Yeah. Can I buy a vowel, Alex? Uh, what was my... Well, it had your name in it. That's one clue. Oh, do we, you don't have to tell people that. That's not nice. <laughs> all right, just a little context here. Yes, so the name was Patrick Devlin Band, and uh, the reason why it was called that was because we had a brand new lineup every bloody week, and every single time we showed up to a show, they're like, oh, so what do you guys play? I go, well, we're poetry readers by day, but nighttime we... So anyway, the, long story short, the uh, at the uh, at the insistence of the clubs that we played, two clubs that we played, and uh, uh, and and just the people that were coming to see. Anyway, it changed to Patrick Douglas, so uh, we can edit this out. That was about fifteen minutes too long, but <laughs> no, no edit. Yeah. So why 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 did you dislike the name so much? I I, I dislike the name. Well, my first band, and people don't know this, but my first band was called Five Easy Payments, and uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one, and uh, I was at this place, thing called a coffee shop way, way, way back when, and I had learned three songs that I could sing and play at the same time, and um, I asked a friend of mine, Lou Temple, I said to him, I said, man, I got a band, I said, I, I need a name, and, uh, you know, Motorhead's Taken, and uh, all the, he said, five easy payments, he just walked away, and I said, my God, that's, my, that's a great, I love that name, so anyway, that was the first band. And then the second band was On the Dole. Right. And On the Dole had, and conservatively speaking, I would say 8,000 members. You know, <laughs> you know, people would just, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, I can play bass. I'll be there. Or I can play tambourine or I'm a harmonica player. And so we just changed lineups every bloody week. And it started off initially with me and a whistle player, then me and a whistle player and a bass player, then me, uh, it, it just ridiculous. So... After many, 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 many lineup changes, Patrick Devlin Band was born because I figured I could do anything under that banner. I remember you telling me a story that uh, On the Dole hadn't played in a while and the lineup was kind of like there was nobody with you who had been in the band previously. And then you and you and Tom and Russell. Yes, Tom Jenkins, Russell Pryor, yeah. And, you, and I think you just picked the name Patrick Devlin Band like right before you went on yes, stage, right? Yes, yes, yes. Was that we, the Saw Doctors? No, that was the Wolf Tones. Oh, okay. Yeah, good memory. God. Um, <laughs> yes, we were opening for the Wolf Tones at U of H, and um, that's the, the uh, original Wolf Tones, not... Oh, dropped a name. There's my good friend Derek Warfield. Not his, <laughs> uh, not Derek Warfield and the young Wolf Tones. Um, the, the original uh, Wolf Tones that I saw back when I was a baby in, in Kerry. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we got to open for them. It was a three-piece, and... Yes, so it was, it was a couple of weeks before the gig, and we changed it to Patrick Devlin Band because on the dole was it just had so many, so many lineups and so many changes, and you know, so, so clearing the decks. Basically. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> which which we know about in Blackguards. Yeah, that that was a, that was a clear the deck moment, mm -hmm. and we started the band again because I remember Tori came in, Tori Hoyseth, and she had she she was just playing at a speed that we were really comfortable with, but not a lot of people that were playing with us could keep up. So it was, it was, it was just a really nice shot in the arm. And it was a, it was a good moment to, 
rebrand exactly everything. yeah part of that was trying to figure out if anybody else was actually using the name and surprisingly i couldn't find anything and even more surprisingly bloggers.com was available <laughs> and that and that net. cinched it for me yeah yeah and i i remember that no the blackguards came with no the with the original suggestion yeah uh, I was all, and I was all for it because back in the eighties, late eighties, when I was in a band called the change, one of the reasons we wanted to get rid of the name, the change was because of the, the, cause it was just so cliched at the time. There was the, you know, the cult, the cure, the clash, I mean, everything was the, the, the yep. back in those days. So to me, it was just a way to kind of shed that cliche. Yeah. I, I remember that. I remember the comic side of it. I remember us both just understanding foreseeing how difficult it's going to be for people to say <laughs> yeah. blackguards and it just to, to this day i get so much enjoyment out of oh man i, 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 I love the blackguards I'm, I'm i'm such a fan of them. really <laughs> and uh, we have enjoyed tremendous moments where band members have you know seasoned <laughs> band members have thrown it in including myself yeah including you and uh, some even on tv like and, uh, right. and, uh, yeah, I remember that one. That was funny. That was funny. My, my, my kids and I were watching the, we're watching the, the press awards, blah, blah, blah. And Mike had been on there with his 17 bands and he, uh, he, he said, he said something, so yeah, I'm here with blah, 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 and I'm playing with the blackguards. And I remember my son and daughter at the same time go, <laughs> and it was just a, it was just a, uh, that, that was a moment that I knew I would never evict my kids. That was a, <laughs> right. that was a very, very proud moment. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so we have all the, we have all the, on the dole and uh, prehistoric stuff. So what about the, what about the Smalley side? You know, you had Elemental Penguin, you had the change, yes. <laughs> you had the Chad Smalley and the <laughs> sultry, sexy 70s singers. Yeah. And the. Yeah, those were the days. So what was the first? What was the first? First one was Elemental Penguin, which was Elemental Penguin. Say it slower. That was my band in high school. Um, what kind of stuff? We we had a repertoire of, I think, seven songs. <laughs> we never... That's a lot. We didn't... I think we only played like three times. But that was basically it. I mean, after we, after we graduated, that thing fell apart. I really wanted to keep it going, but we all went off in different directions. Um, and then shortly after I graduated... I found myself back in Houston pretty quickly and I met a guy named Andy Zubik and he had a band called The Change and I wound up joining The Change and that uh, that was more of a real band. Nothing against Elemental Penguin, but this was a band that actually went out and played. We got gigs at Fitzgerald's, we played at the Axiom, Pick and Pack, Rudyard's and a lot of other places that don't exist anymore. And one thing going way in the future now, one of the bands that I knew after actually after the change broke up, I met these guys who were starting a band called Zuzu's Pedals, and there was a drummer in that band named Scott Washburn. And fast forward about ten years later, Scott and I are doing some stuff together, and that kind of fell apart. But then Scott was doing solo stuff, and one night he called me and said, "Hey, I'm going down to this open mic. Uh, my friend Patrick Devlin runs this open mic at, at this place called Beverly Pub. I, I really want you to be there." I'm like, "Oh, okay, sure." And, and you know, you, maybe you can play something too. I was like, I don't know about that, but I'll be there. <laughs> so I did, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, that was that. That was the that was the beginning. That was a that was the seeds. That was blackguard seeds right there. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the, the Beverly the Beverly Pub was was actually one of the very few Irish pubs where it wasn't poser. It wasn't wasn't a you know bunch of 
I know. It's, it's, it wasn't real plastic at that time. Yeah. It, was very, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty pretty authentic little... little it was kind of like a living room yeah. in a big way. Yeah. Well, even back then, we were talking about getting a band together because he already... Obviously, obviously, he already had Patrick Devon band at, the, at that time. And I'd mentioned to you that I wanted to play bass. Uh, and we talked about... I, I remember, like, doing some other kind of cover band. We talked about doing David Bowie stuff. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, remember, back then, too, there was... There was, a, there was a, the people that would go there were not necessarily signing up to to play but they would ask us for the same kind of stuff all the time it was off the because i remember too i remember you asking me what, what what was that song what was that one what was that it was all the irish stuff it was, it was obscure yeah it was the wrong, not, wrong, most of which i'd never heard before yeah the the wrong cavana stuff or the wolf tones or the uh, water boys or that kind of stuff and you'd say wait what was that one what was that one right i said why is this guy asking so many questions you know why doesn't he why didn't he ask about wonderwall what, <laughs> <laughs> that was you know? the first song i heard you play actually acoustically well, you don't have to say that on time. <laughs> it was funny. It was kind of funny. And this wasn't the first time I saw you play, actually, because the first time was uh, I actually did see you on the doll, uh, which even I forget about sometimes. But yeah, see, Scott, everybody does. Scott, who introduced me to you um, before, but before I'd actually met you at the Beverly Pub, uh, he was playing. There was like some kind of Irish so showcase thing that was going on at the Continental Club. Um, oh yeah, and I forgot about he, that. he Scott at the time was was drumming in a band called the Churn. They were just an instrumental. I say just. They were an instrumental uh, Celtic rock band, including Jim McKenzie, our friend Jim McKenzie on guitar, Mitch on mandolin, and Mitch on mandolin, and John, John on bass, bass, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, so and they were playing, and then right after them was on the Dole. I believe. Uh, I think it was Flying Fish Sailors. Was it Flying? Okay, that's right. Flying Fish Sailors. Yeah, Jay Lee. Yeah. And uh, who else was in Flying Fish? Jim Hinkle. Jim Hinkle. Um, oh, uh, yeah, uh, I, uh, Joe Limbach. Okay. And I know, I think Mitch played with him too. I don't know if he was playing with him yes. at this point. Was he? Okay. Yes. Anyway, Scott really was really insistent that I stick around to watch On the Dole. And I did. And I, I remember being kind of befuddled and intimidated at the same time. <laughs> and then when a when the show was over and Scott went back to meet you or talk to you, you're I, the, the, the second thing I was struck by. And I mean, first of all, that what a, a really powerful stage presence you had. But then off the stage, your personality off the stage was completely different from from what you were putting off on stage because there was this like sort of really aggressive, uh, like ah, arg kind of thing, kind of thing that you were doing. And then you came off, you're like, hey, how's it going? You know, it, and you're, all of a sudden you're like, I don't know, just regular guy. That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> so Scott's standing there talking to you and I'm, I'm like standing there going, I want to meet him. <laughs> and he never introduces me. So that was, I think that was the year, it was probably a year before that. Maybe it was two years before. Yeah, the d dates, the, yeah, the, the dates are completely, uh, don't mean anything to me. I'm still, I'm still 20 something. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's funny. I, Cause I, and I remember that show. I don't remember anything about that show at all. I do remember the, the Continental putting it together and uh, playing with those bands. And uh, that's and th th I think it dawned on me then that because I wanted to do the Irish stuff just because it was it was kind of cheating. You know, these three chord songs that are are very infectious in melody and very lyrically, very easy and rhythmically, you know, easy. Mm -hmm. So it at first it kind of dawned on me that. It would be easy. And then when you try to hire musicians to play this, so, you know, so-called easy stuff, then th that's when the job becomes really difficult. Hiring, finding, searching out people to take a, a beeline musically away from, you quote unquote, the, the, the norm, you know, what, what was being played at that time. Mm -hmm. 
that's 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 when your your life becomes hell. Any 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 band will tell you that not only putting a band together is hell, but then the babysitting and the constant ego stroking and the constant just juggling you have to do to keep everybody scheduled to get a time to rehearse to to to, to find people that want to rehearse. Yeah, the, like I, you know, you know, remind back to the five easy payments show. I think we only played one or two, maybe three shows but trying to a find the time to rehearse b finding people that want to rehearse c then trying to find people that want to uh not not, not stay in their lane but just visit their lane once in a while <laughs> you know <laughs> right. just you know because uh you know I've, I've played with people that just want to solo the whole time and don't really care what key you're playing in because they're going to play what they're going to play yeah um but the grabbing the the, the, the people and because I remember switching to uh, wanting to switch to bass early, early, early on, and my friend Jim That's Hinkle. Right. That's right. Uh, from Jim Hinkle was playing guitar in El Orbitz at the time, and I talked to him about because I knew he had done some some work with Flying Fish Sailors and he'd done some other obscure stuff. But I remember telling him, I said, "Look, I need a guitar player because I can't find a bass player, so I'm going to play bass." And he said, "Don't ever." Yeah. Yeah. switch yeah he said he said you're the guitar player in the band don't do it. and i was playing uh which i still have my my godan my uh acoustic electric uh godan and i played that and was completely happy with it because we had different instruments at, at, at different times we had uh we had uh whistles sometimes we had fiddled sometimes we had mandolin sometimes and accordion sometimes and uh so i was completely happy in just playing guitar, rhythm guitar on the acoustic. Well, mm. it switched to electric now because we're, you know, in, in, in Blackguards, we have one lead instrument. Uh, we, ha we relied on one lead instrument. Well, for a change in color, for a change in pace, we wanted to, you know, I, you know, I want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear fiddle all night. I don't want to hear guitar sure. solos all night. I don't want to hear bass solos or drum solos all night. I want it to be a collective Right. Well, you and but you've also kind of developed your your lead guitar well, skills I, as by necessity. By necessity, so, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of times we haven't had a fiddle. Player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but staying on staying on 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 the on the band formation and trying to get people to to you know it, it, it's like building a go kart. Nobody wants to go in the garage and build put the wheels on and you know make it. They, they all want to jump on when it's going down the hill. Nobody wants to get that. Yeah, go kart, you know, in, in shape, right? And it's the same thing with musicians. And I remember back in, in in the day, hanging up posters and going to music shops and doing all kinds of stuff, just trying to get people to do it. And talking to these musicians, these seasoned musicians that are saying, "What now? What what, what are you trying to do?" And you, you you don't want to say Irish rock because the first thing you're going to think of is the chieftains. Right. With, you know, a coffee high or something. Right, right. You know, you just, you, 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 it's, it's hard to describe. I mean, we don't have a, we don't have a, a sound that we, that we fit in, I don't think, because we, we, we stray from kind of, you know, heavy, faster stuff to country sounding to uh, folky sounding to, you know, so there's no real, but you can't tell somebody that you can't, you can't show them a clip of it. There's no. You know, well, people will put us in their immediate uh, yeah. Flog and Molly category or Dropkick Murphy category or Warner right. Boys. And it's, we don't fit that. Right. It is kind of hard to explain, which has been an, been an Achilles heel of ours, I think. Although, start, I mean, I think the slogan does help, but still people, the Irish thing sometimes throws people off, I think. Yeah. And it's really not until they see us play yeah. that they really get it. I mean, I would say 
I mean, we have a lot of fans who've never actually seen us play, which is a gift that we've reached so many people across the, I mean, around the world, really, at this point. But a lot of them don't really know, <laughs> don't really know what we're like on stage yet. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the, what's, it's funny that it's, it's, you can't really, there's not one word that's going to encapsulate everything we do. But at the same time, I don't really see our shows as being like so crazy diverse. You know, it's, everything's kind of, I want to say uniform. But it's like, we're not, we're not exactly all over the map. You know, we have, yeah. our sound is what it is. And uh, we, we complement a lot of other styles of music pretty well, I think. You know, and that's why I think so many people uh, get it when they see us. You know, they, they connect with it immediately, whether they like folk or country yeah. or rock. I mean, it's all in there. And the selling point for me is... Well, people will say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know a great Irish pub. You can, well, we don't, we don't fit in most Irish pubs because most Irish pubs that, that we've played in, and I'll go as far as to say 95% of the Irish pubs and clubs that we played in have, music's been a, a, an afterthought. The right. places that we play, there's no stage. They don't build a stage. And if they do, they put TVs on it and they, so it, it, it's, the stage is a backup. <laughs> So you go into these clubs and they go, oh, Jason, no, they'll move that chair over there and take that ashtray away and, you know, put the five, four, six piece band over there. It'll be fine. And so music's the final, it, it, music's an afterthought. And there's no, there's no designated area for them. Uh, so, so, so when people say, oh yeah, I know a great ashtray. Well, we, we actually fit better in a rock club because a, a, the sound and B, the energy and C, the, you know, we need a little bit of space. You can't, you can't. You can, we're, we're, we're not the we're not the four guys in a row sitting playing acoustic instruments and tapping your foot. This is not what we do, and nothing against the people that do that. We just need a little, you know. We we like to start a little fire and mm -hmm. get a little, you know. And um, sorry, and I beelined away from where I was going with it. But the 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 thing that encapsulates the, the, the I'll say the thing that sells it for me is when we play um and i know this weekend we're playing at our, one of our favorite places down in kima yes and it's an all ages thing and these kids these kids will leave the ta leave the table and there's a massive dance floor in front and they will just come up and lose their minds mm -hmm. we'll be one song in and they will completely there's no inhibitions there's no there's no thought for the people around they just jump they just freak out and it's not that we're Pied Pipers or we're, it, it, it's just the music is infectious, the tunes are infectious, the energy is infectious. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a combination of all this stuff thrown into this. And, and the rest of T-Bone Toms is actually, a, they, they set that room up, they set that back, back patio area up for music. And, and I'll also say too, if you're playing something that's, that's, that's fake, uh, my good friend Lemmy said, oh, just kidding. Yeah, uh, but Lemmy did say, he said, you know, he said, if you're, and I, I, I believe this with all my heart, if you're, if you don't believe what you're doing, the audience will sense it. Yeah. And that's been, I, I keep that with me at all times because it's a true, it, the, the, there's just no truer words when you see that, when you see that reaction that you get from kids that have, most of them don't know music that well. And for them to just lose it like that, that's, that's mm -hmm. to me is a selling point. That's just what, that's when I say, that's what, that's yeah. what this is about. Yeah. I think the, the other thing that that makes me almost just as happy is when I see uh, the staff dancing around. Their yeah, place. especially you know th that to me is like the touchstone. <laughs> when when we when we know that we're really which what we do is really working. If we look out, not just at the, the, the place is 
full and we've got people coming in and staying in. But if the staff is happy and they're actually paying attention to what's going on and they get it, you know, and they realize there, there's, there's, a, there's a relationship uh, between a good band and a good staff at a pub. Uh, yes. that's, that's a huge part of what we do. But yeah, when I, when I look across the room and I see the bartenders hopping up and down, you know, as they're working, you know, that to me is, is, is magic. I think I love yeah, that. especially in a place that does live music. If it's yeah. you know, yeah, because they've heard it all. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> we kind of don't know what we're doing. This is the very first time we've, we've set up these mics. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name's Chad. Uh, yeah, his name is Chad. That's Patrick over there. That's me over here. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, we're going to do this as often as we can. See you in about 30 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>